Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I don't know if you knew. I'll, hey, what's up, boys? Small group, guys. Uh, two weeks ago, I was gone. I was in California, uh, but I had a cool opportunity to go to a church, and I heard this message that we're going to be talking about tonight, um, and it's about prayer. Am I good? Sorry. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's about prayer. Like, we're, we're finishing up a series tonight, uh, the series Famous Prayer. And when I, was in, when I went to the church and heard this message, I was, I was blown away. It was something brand new to me. Um, and so I, I hope tonight that you guys are ready to learn because uh, you guys are going to learn. This is going to be something cool. Uh, and I'm super excited to share it. So before we get started, uh, I, I'm going to pray, uh, even though Ben just did. But I'm going to pray for us and pray for myself. So let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, uh, thank you so much for this night. Uh, thank you for this group of students. Uh, thank you for the worship. And, and uh, it's funny that Eli said what he said about, about your kingdom, about how it, it's, it's not just in this room, but it's all over this world, all over America, all over the other countries. Uh, I've been reminded this week of ISIS and, and the brothers and sisters of Christ who are, are being killed for you. And my heart hurts for that. But Lord, as we step into this room, as we step into your presence, and as you're in this room with us, uh, Lord, I just pray that our hearts are open, that our ears are open, and that we learn something new about you tonight. And Lord, I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Uh, Open your Bibles to Luke 11. That's where we're going to start out at. Uh, In the beginning of Luke 11, there's a question, and this is a disciple of Jesus asking this question, and it's this. Lord, how do we pray? And over the last eight weeks, we've walked through the Lord's Prayer. We've walked through it phase, uh, phrase by phrase, right? And it's been, it's been great. And, but again, we're going we're gonna to go back, and we're going to go back to this question, how do we pray, Lord? And Jesus responds with the Lord's Prayer. And Luke 11 is a little bit different than the, the Lord's Prayer that we've been looking at in Matthew 6, but we're going to read Luke's. It's this, Father, how to be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. The Lord's Prayer is a great outline for how we should pray. And that's what it is. That's what Jesus intended it to be. It's an outline on how to pray. But that's not the end. So let's keep looking. In verses 5, Jesus tells a story. He says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. See, back in the Jewish culture, let's let's take a step back in time, uh, hospitality was a big deal. It was a huge honor uh, to, to be hospitable to your guests. And, and if you're traveling, see, if we travel now, we can drive through the night all night because we have cars, we got lights, we've got places to eat like McDonald's. No, no woods for McDonald's. Okay, I see you. McDonald's. Listen, me and my roommates, we go to McDonald's like once a week at least at like 11.30 at night to get breakfast because it's bomb. But anyways, they, but back then they didn't have that. So uh, they did not travel through the night because it was pitch black dark and People, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't safe for them to do that. So, so if you were traveling through the night, you stopped in a town. And when you stopped in a town at a friend's house, they were honored. And they, it, was a, it was a big deal to make you food and to make you dinner. And if, so say you come to your friend's house and your friend doesn't have food, they go to their neighbor's house. And, and the same thing happens. It's a big deal for the neighbor to make food. And it's, a, it's an honor. 
So Jesus tells a story, and the neighbor doesn't have food, or the friend doesn't have food, then the neighbor doesn't have food, and the neighbor responds in a negative way. The neighbor's upset because the friend asks. And, and, but when Jesus tells a story, that's ne- that, that would never happen back then. See, Jesus tells a story to get his point across, so let's keep reading. Verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus, uh, in, in our Bible, and in our translation, it's shameless audacity. That is the reason why the friend's going to get up and give you food. This phrase, shameless audacity, is, is a, a phrase that has been studied by many theologians, by many people, and a lot of time has been put in this phrase, and it all comes back from this root, root word in the Hebrew language, chutzpah. It's a huge Jewish word. It's a big deal to the Jewish religion because chutzpah can obviously be translated as shameless audacity or, or another translation is being bold. And hold, hold on to that word because I'm going to say chutzpah about 20,000 more times tonight. But let's keep reading. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So Jesus has a skeleton, an outline of how we should pray, and that's the Lord's Prayer. And now Jesus is throwing in this idea that we need to pray, that we need to be filled with chutzpah, with boldness. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In this story, Jesus is, is comparing this idea that, that, yes, earthly parents, even though they're evil, when he says the word evil, he's just talking about humanity. Even though they're human and they have fallen short of the glory of God, even they are smart enough not to give their children a snake over a fish. And they're not, they're not dumb enough to give their children a scorpion over an egg. And he goes on to say, how much better will the gift of the Holy Spirit, of eternal life, will be when it's asked from us. See, see so we go back to the question, how do we pray? And Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't respond, or he does respond with, the, with an outline on how to pray, but then he backs it up with this, with this idea that, that it's not about what you say, it's not about how you say or how you pray to God. But what's important is, is who we're praying to. And how good the God that we are praying to really is. See, in both these stories, Jesus uses the phrase, how much more? And in the first story, it goes like this. It's the selfish friend will get up because of your shameless audacity, because of your chutzpah. How much more will our good God in heaven be moved by your chutzpah, by your boldness? And the second story, it's like this. Yes, parents can give good gifts. They can give good gifts. That's, that's awesome. How much more will our good Father in heaven give us a gift of the Holy Spirit if we just ask? So we're going to spend the rest of the time uh, digging into some stories in the book of Luke and throughout, throughout the Bible that, that demonstrate what chutzpah is. And and we're not only going to look at how we can be bold or why we should be bold, but we're also going to go back to our main point and see how Jesus responds to that boldness. 
But before we do that, we need to clear up some things. We need to clear up one thing. Chutzpah is not just demonstrated through prayer. That's just part of it. The other part is, is through your actions. See, chutzpah is faith. It's faith when faith is taken really seriously. So, so not only do we need to pray with chutzpah, but we need to live with chutzpah. We need to be bold with our actions. And, and the other thing we need to clear up before we jump into these stories is this, is that Jesus is the manifestation of God. And when I say that Jesus is the manifestation of God, I mean this. Jesus and God are one and the same. That the way that Jesus responds throughout these stories is the same way that God responds to us today. And when Jesus encourages us to do something, when, when Jesus encourages us in these stories to pray with chutzpah, we should take that seriously and we should apply that to our lives. So, be, be, before we, we get into these stories, we, we need to understand that chutzpah is through prayer and through actions, and that Jesus and God are, are one of the same in these stories and today. See, I think as a culture, as a church world in our in, all, in America, and I, I wouldn't say everywhere, but, and this might not, this might, might, might be the same for everyone, but I, this is what I believe. This is how I see it. I, I think our culture ha, has bought, bought into this lie that, that we, need to, we need to come before God and we need to pray in a certain way. That we have to be polite and that we have to use words that are qualifying for God. That's not in the Bible, though. See, if we look at the prayers in the Bible throughout the whole entire Bible, all we see are prayers that are full of lament, that are full of anger, that are full of, of sorrow and sadness. The church has lost that. Our people as a, as a group, as a whole, have, have lost that. So let's look at some examples of chutzpah. Open your Bibles to Luke 5, verse 12. That's going to be the first story that we go to. Obviously, you can read there, it says, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And so the story starts out, and there's a man, and he, he has leprosy. If you don't know what leprosy is, it's, it's an awful, awful uh, skin disease. It's like your body is deformed by, by things that, like boils, and it's, it's not pretty. It's, it's, a, it's an ugly disease. And back in, the, back in the culture that Jesus lived in, if you had uh, leprosy, you weren't allowed to be around other people. Like, that, that was a no-no. But if you were, if you were around other people, you had to raise your hands and cry out that you're unclean and that, you, that no one should touch you. And so we see that the story starts out with a man with leprosy. And in verse 12 it goes, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Let me stop right there. When was the last time? When was the last time you were on your face, crying out to God? He said, "Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean." Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. We see Hutzpah right there, and then we see Jesus respond, and Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man with leprosy. And as his hands on the man with leprosy, he says, "I am willing." He said, be clean. And as he took his hand off the man, the leprosy was gone. We see a man with leprosy step out with boldness, and, and he boldly declares that, Jesus, you can heal me. 
And Jesus responds by healing. You see, there's no combination of words that, that we need to say when we pray to God. There's no phrase that we need to say when we pray to God. But throughout the, the Bible, we see example after example of a bunch of messy people standing in the shamelessness of their requesting. Look down at verse 17. It's another story. This story is, is about uh, a, a bunch of friends. See, two friends were carrying a, a guy on a mat, and the guy on the mat was paralyzed. And, and they're going to they'll listen to Jesus teach. They just want to be in the presence of Jesus. That's it. And as they come to the house that Jesus is teaching, at the, the house is packed out. It's a full house. Everyone's there. Even, even the Pharisees are there listening to Jesus teach. And as they get there, they, they, they find out there's no way to get inside as, as with, with this big mat, with their friend on this mat. So they climb to the roof, they cut a hole in the roof, and they slowly lower their friend down right in front of Jesus. And as Jesus is watching this guy lower, be lowered in front of him, he looks at him and he goes, look. He goes, look, you're, you're forgiven. Because of your faith, because of your boldness, you're forgiven. And not only am I going to forgive you, but I'm going to heal you. So get up and walk out of here. Again, we see God responds to prayer. God responds to the chutzpah. I mean, when God responds, it's, it's an action of his sovereignty. And there's, see, there's things that happen every day, right? There's things that, that we don't need to pray about. Like, like the sun's going to rise in the morning. The sun's going to set at night. That's going to happen. We don't need to pray for that. We don't need to pray for the fact that Jesus is going to come back one day. We've been promised that. That's going to happen. Jesus is going to come back. We don't have to pray for that. We don't need to pray for God to be victorious over over the evils of this world. God's going to win. God's going to be victorious. We don't need to pray for that. But, But prayer matters in the smaller arenas in our life. It's the requesting, it's the shameless requesting that matters. Let's look at the third story that we're going to look at tonight. It's in John 18, verse 35. We're just looking at, I just want to make a point, we're just looking at three stories. But there's more than three in in just the Gospel of Luke that that prove this point. But but the third story we're going to look at is John, uh, or Luke 18, 35. Sorry. Uh, just like we see Jesus all the time, he's with a big crowd of people, and, and Jesus and the crowd are walking to the city of Jericho. And when they get to the city, at the outskirts, at the, the, at the front of the city, there's a blind man sitting there. And when the blind man hears what's going on, he hears the people walking around, and, and he asks the people, like, what's going on? Who, who's coming? Who's here? And, and they tell him Jesus is walking by. And the blind man cries out, he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the, the crowd tells them to be quiet. Like, get out of the way. Get out of the way and be quiet. And, and the blind man responds to them by, Jesus, have mercy on me. And, and this time Jesus hears him and Jesus walks over to him and he says, what do you want from me? What can I do for you? And the blind man says, I just want to see again. The blind man is filled with boldness and, and he boldly declares that Jesus can heal him. And Jesus responds and he, and he heals him. And I know, I know what some of you guys are thinking. I know what's going on in your minds. I, and I, I, I thought the same thing that you guys are thinking. It's, yeah, I've been there, Dakota. I've prayed that prayer. I've cried out to God. There's been things in my life that I prayed for. I prayed for healing on, on certain people, and they were never healed. 
But think about this. Think about when you were a kid. Think about all the crazy requests that you had from your parents. Think about Christmas time when you asked for every little thing that you can imagine. And it would have been wise for your parents to say yes to every request that you had. No. Because as children, we don't know what's best for us. And so now think about this. Think about all the requests you've had to God, all the prayers that you've sent out to God. Would it be wise for God to say yes to every request that we have? For God to give us everything that we, that we ask for? No, it was brought up last night. Think about Bruce Almighty. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but when Bruce Almighty just is going through all the prayer requests and he just clicks yes, 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 the world goes crazy. And that's exactly what would happen. It would not be wise for Jesus to give us everything that we want. In James 5, 16, where James is talking about healing, and James says this, he says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. The prayer of a righteous person is, is powerful and effective. Why would James use the words powerful and effective if God is just going to do whatever he wants? Because this is, this, is, this, is how, this is what it comes down to. God is, is not just going to do whatever he wants. Because God hears our prayers and he responds to them. Look at 2 Kings Second Kings 20, verses 1 through 6. I told you we're going to be flipping around. Someone tell me they're there when they're there. Anybody there yet? Oh, one person. All right, we're good. Let's go. In verses 1, it says this. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You're not going to recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and, and have done what is good in your eyes. And, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah, the prophet, who was just in, in that room, had left the middle court, the, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, Go back to, and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of, of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from, from now, go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you in the city from the hand of the kings of Assyria. I will defend the city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. We see Hezekiah step into a, a moment of prayer. And when he does, he, he prays with boldness. And, and when he prays with boldness, we, we see God respond to him. I, I get it. I, I understand that this, this idea of praying with boldness and, and allowing God, yeah, God's going to hear and God's going to answer. I, I get that that's hard. I, I get that because of this. Last year as a freshman in college, uh, I went home for spring break. It was a normal spring break. But, but I went to a visitation of a funeral. And, 
And this funeral was like, it was super sad. It, it all started, I grew up with a family at our church and uh, their mother had cancer for as long as I could remember. She was battling cancer for so long and it was already a cool story that she had cancer and she, she had it for so long and she lived with it. And now let me tell you, Kristen Souter, she influenced a lot of women at our church. And a lot of people had a lot of respect for Kristen and, and who she was as a person. And, and it came down to the end of her life, and, and the cancer got real bad, and she got really sick. And, and, and death was near. But the family, uh, the family prayed with boldness every day. They prayed with this, this declaration that their mom, that his wife, was going to be healed from this cancer. They fully believed that. They, until the day she died, they fully believed that she was going to be healed from this cancer. And then she died, and then she passed away from it. God responded. But in the eyes of the family, when the way he responded was not what they wanted. And I remember walking into that visitation, and, and I'm talking thousands of people went to her, her visitation, to her funeral. I mean, I'm pretty sure over 5,000 people were at her funeral. It was just something crazy. Like, that's how many people she influenced. But I remember standing in line and, and walking through and, and shaking the hands with the family and, and crying with, with her husband, Kurt, because he was so distraught and so upset about the loss of his wife. And I was so confused on why this family who prayed this prayer that, that, of healing every day of their lives, why did God take her away from us? Why didn't God use this as a, as a story of, of healing, as we, as we just read four stories of healing? Why didn't God do that? And like I said, God did respond. God responded in, in this way. See, her brothers and sisters didn't live in, in Louisville, Kentucky. They lived, in, I'm pretty sure it was up in Illinois or somewhere like that. And they, they flew in, and they were on that lot on the front where her casket was, and people, thousands of people walked by them, and, and they shook their hands. And story after story they heard of, of people's lives being changed through Kristen, through her, her story. And so this is how God responded. God responded by, by the saving of her brother's life, who's now a Christian. Because of that funeral, because of his sister's death, he came to know Christ. So yeah, we're not going to get what we want all the time. We're not going to get the answer that we want, that we pray for. But I promise you, God's going to respond. And the way God responds is perfect. And, and his will is perfect. So it's not about our request. It's not about what we pray for. It's about who we're praying to. At the end of every gospel, there's this, uh, there's this commissioning that, that is written, and it's go out and tell others about Jesus. Tell Jesus' story. Why would, why would Jesus do that? Jesus could have done that, and he could still be doing that way better than we do it. See, God created us not to be puppets. He didn't create us with this mindset of, you guys are just going to do what I tell you to do, and whatever I want to do, it's going to happen. That's not how he created us. He created us with this mindset of, I want you to participate in the world that I've created for you. I want you to take an active participation in my world. 
So we spent eight weeks talking about prayer and, and how to pray and what prayer looks like and, and relying fully on God. And when we actively step into this role of participating in God's world, we do that through prayer. At the beginning of the series, we, we said that we, we want you guys, we know that a lot of you guys know stuff about God, but we want you guys to know God in a relationship. And the best way to do that is through prayer. And that's, that's 100% true, 100% true. But let's, let's think about this. We, when we step into prayer, we get to learn from God because we are so, so small compared to his wisdom and compared to his power and his glory. And when we step into prayer, we, we get to take some of that wisdom and some of that power and we get to use that on this world that he created for us if we are actively pursuing God. So if you don't get anything out of tonight, get this. Get this idea that, that Jesus, that God, hears your prayers. And not only does he hear your prayers, but he responds to your prayers. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this as a group. Uh, we're going to take some time, and I don't, I don't know where you guys are at individually. I don't know, I don't know what's going on in your life. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, you guys know about my sister, Shelby. You guys know um, that, that she has a disease. We talked about that three weeks ago, that, that she has a disease uh, that is making her weak. And I'll tell you, our families, we boldly pray that, that Shelby is healed from this disease. Every, well, our whole family does. So I don't know what, what in your life's going on. I don't know if it's sickness, if it's, uh, if it's your, your dad or mom are hurting financially. If you don't know where you want to go for college next year, uh, it, whether or not you should play a sport, whether or not uh, you, should, you should hang out with a certain friend. I don't know what it is, but take this time. We're going to take some time, and we're going to pray boldly right now. We're going to pray uh, to a God who is listening and who's going to respond. So take the next five minutes and, and sit where you're at and pray boldly. And you can, you can do what the man with leprosy did. You can fall on your face right now and you can pray out to God. You can stand up. You can walk around. It, it can look like however you want. But pray boldly so that God can respond to you. Father, you are good. Father, you're perfect. And I'm so thankful for the fact that that when you look at me, when you look at me, you don't see my sin. You don't see my shortcomings. You don't see my failures. But when you look at me, you see the grace that's on the cross. And when you look at me, you look at me with love and compassion And that's the same for everyone else in this room. God, thank you so much for uh, being in this room, being present in this room tonight. I appreciate it, guys. I know you're here. I know you're with us. 
And thank you for listening to us as we've, we talk to you and we're in your presence. God, I pray for the small groups to this, so that as we go into small groups, that as, we, as we look back on, on these past eight weeks of diving into prayer and what that looks like and, and looking at how we should pray boldly and, and, wh- and who we're praying to, God, I pray that, that we give you all the glory in that. And I pray that we give you all the glory in our lives. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen.